Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. We are well into season two and I have such a great guest for you today. So how's your week been going? I know it's been a bit sad recently because we've gone back into a form of a lockdown. And for us, you know, us performers, it means... Well, we can't really do so much right now, but I think lots of people are live streaming. If so, if you uh, if you could support them, please do. Um, I think I've got one coming up in a couple of weeks, but I will tell you more about that later. So I hope you enjoyed my chat with Aaron last week. I mean, what a story he had. It's just so nice to talk to all these people and hear their stories and get inspired. So coming up today is a lady, a good friend of mine, actually. We've watched her on our screens way back in Brookside. She's also graced our stages in Chicago, in Hairspray and Legally Blonde. I mean, this woman has done everything and what a joy and gorgeous woman she is too. So welcome my gorgeous friend, Claire Sweeney. Claire, it is so joyous to have you here with me. I mean, I'm a little bit jealous that you're in some sunny place somewhere, but um, and I'm here, you know, in my little cupboard room. But it's so. I mean, but the weather is nice in the UK, isn't it? It is insane so today. Yeah, it's not like you're stuck in the rain. No, but you just don't have the pool to go and jump in. That's what I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you know it was quite a big decision? You know, what with the the rules changing with quarantine, and I was nervous flying. And, and especially when I landed at the airport and you have to fill in all the forms and there was people in white coats taking temperatures and, and you know, Palmer Airport was completely empty and I freaked out a little bit. I thought, what have I done? And then once I got here, I was so glad I came. Yeah, it's worth that little bit of anxiety through the airport, I think, isn't it? And I've allowed time for quarantine for, for Jackson to start school when I get back as well. So, so he's with you, obviously, because he travels of with course. you all the time, doesn't he? Oh. yeah. I wouldn't oh. go anywhere without him at the moment. Oh, it's so good. I'm so glad you've done it, actually, because I, th- I think people need to get away, don't they? They need that bit of escapism, that time to switch you off. You know, it was so weird. I mean, I've been working since the age of 14, and I've always got something to look forward to. I've always got something ahead. And to wake up each day and not really... and and And, and then... I kind of, I was doing exercise and I was trying to keep a routine. Then I fell off the wagon. Then I'd see you <laughs> doing your exercises. And doing oh, your I've fallen off my wagons. <laughs> I mean, you are like a wonder woman when I watch you. And it makes me feel so inferior as a mother and a woman and everything, you know. Oh, no, and, uh, not at all. So it was nice once I booked my flight, it was nice to have something to look forward to. Well, yeah, I was going to, I mean, I was going to ask you about that because obviously, you know, lockdown for our industry has been mental and you know you're super busy you're I mean I probably wouldn't have caught you if we hadn't have been in lockdown because you're always doing stuff you're you know tv shows radio and being a mum as well I don't know how you fit it all in I really don't but how has has, has lockdown really affected you did you have really a really busy year I mean you were you were still filming yeah. weren't you well, my, yeah, my diary was completely wiped out, completely wiped out. And I had a lot on cruise ships as well. I was listening to your interview with, with uh, Denise and, you know, she had a residency on a cruise ship, didn't she? And I, you know, I had a lot of work on ships and it's literally dried up overnight. I'm very lucky. I had a house that I sold last year. So That's I had right. a bit of money. Yeah, I had a bit of money in the bank where, you know, the the, the, the heat and the panic was off a bit. But um, it's it's not just the financial, it's the psychological thing of, uh, you know, at first I really enjoyed the break. And then I started 
you know, it was kind of a guilty pleasure knowing that, you know, I'm having the, not doing anything. And then I was like, oh my God, but it's another day without a job, another day without a job. And there doesn't seem to be any coming back at the moment, does there? You know, pantos have been cancelled. Um, who knows when it's coming back? Yeah, I think, isn't the TV kind of coming back slowly first? That seems slowly, to be, slowly. Seems to be the direction forward. I'll tell you how it's changed me. I've always been thinking ahead, looking ahead, rushing everywhere, and I've slowed down and suddenly, I know it sounds a bit daft, but I'll walk along the road and we'll, I'll stop and look at the flowers with Jackson and appreciate them. And I'm not thinking, come on, hurry up, hurry up. And I'm just appreciating, I'm living in the moment more than I've ever done before. And I've never done that. I've always been looking ahead. As I've got a bit older, I've learned to live in the moment more. And I'm just appreciating simple things with my boy. And it's time out that I, I would never have had with him. And I will look back on this. Thankfully, you know, no one close to me has suffered too much. I mean, I, I believe I was at the virus at Christmas. Oh, do you? I believe I was ill. Yeah, yeah. Um, did I, you, I do you know you had or, or did you, do, you just feel okay, like you so were Okay, so here's the it. thing. Now, here's the thing. I was doing panto. I pride myself in never missing shows. I pride myself in never going off. And I was so ill. I kept getting sent home from work. And then eventually I went to a walk-in centre and I just said, I feel like it's like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. I said, I can't breathe. I've got headaches. My lungs are sore. My chest is hurting. Temperature. My, my little boy's been coughing all the time. And they ex um, they listened to my lungs and they said, we've never heard lungs so bad from a non-smoker. And they sent me in an ambulance to hospital. They said, we think you've got pneumonia. So I go and get all the checks in the hospital. And they said, mm, it's not pneumonia. It's, it's a virus. We're not sure. We think it's flu. Go home, rest up. You'll be fine in five days. Five weeks it took me to get better. Oh, my goodness. And when you're really working Ill. as well, when you're trying to get... Yes, you know, going, it was horrendous. That's yeah, and I, I did the official antibody test. Oh, did and you? Funny enough, my, yeah, my next door neighbour um, is an intensive care doctor and he'd said to me, said, Claire, he said, if you get this test, he said, if, if it comes up positive, it means you've had it. If it comes up negative, it doesn't mean you've had it. And it's since been proven that the only antibodies are only lasting for three months. So I got tested a few weeks ago, which is six, seven months later, and it was negative, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? There's a lot of people like that, you know, especially in that intense period. Like Panto is so crazy. You're doing two, three shows a day. It's this. It's like when any any virus or any flu gets into a theatre, we we all get it. You know, it's it's inevitable. Yeah. And I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the West End had it already mm. because of because of those circumstances. Um, but you know, I want to talk to you about lots of little things. Um, but, but you've had such an incredible career and you do so much you 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 do so many different things you know theatre is obviously um huge for you done so many shows you know Chicago tell me on a Sunday Hairspray Legally Blonde like I mean like the end it's the list is endless and obviously you you started out in TV though right was Brookside the first big thing for you was that the game changer or did you start kind of theatrically no I started in clubs I started out singing in clubs when I was 14 in wow. Liverpool and my dad was a butcher 
And I used to bribe the concert secretaries of the club with a leg of lamb to let me sing. <laughs> and I used to go on with like I the organs that. and drums. I'll never forget Carrie, my first introduction. It was the Montrose Social Club in Liverpool. I'm 14 and I'm wearing a bri- bridesmaid's dress from my mother's wedding. For a second, you know, it's my stepfather. And the concert secretary comes on stage <laughs> and it's pensioners night, Tuesday night. <laughs> And he said, please welcome onto the stage. She's only a young girl now. She's 14. Give her a chance. Please welcome Claire Jane Sweeney. By the way, the bingo tickets and butties have been saved at the back of the room. <laughs> and everyone got up and ran to the back of the room. And I came on singing Over the Rainbow. Oh, and, and that was my baptism of fire. So wow. I started doing the clubs. And then I was doing like the summer seasons and pantos in black pool and weymouth and all those places and then i went on the cruise ships i went to join oh, you did that stadium. early i didn't know you did that yeah. early on i knew you well, did it a lot I, later but oh, i didn't realize yeah i was 19 and i used to love watching love boat and i used to think oh that's what i want to do you know <laughs> and i wanted to get into theater and someone told me about the stadium theater company which was like a floating rep company on board the canberra and the sea princess so i joined that and just before I joined the ships, I auditioned for Brookside. And I did this one audition and I did two episodes and they kept saying to me, do you want to come back? But I'd signed like four month contract with the cruise ships. I thought I'm not giving up four months on the ships for one episode of Brookside. Yeah. Although I was Brookside's biggest fan, you know. And um, then after f- I did four years on the ships, did the maiden wow. voyage on the Oriana. <gasps> and then I wrote a letter to Brookside to Mal Young. And I said to him, I said, um, is that one episode still going? I'd love to come back. And the day he got the letter was the day they were doing a future storyline meeting for the Corkill family. And I got brought in. And it was wow. just good timing. And then did six years in Brookie. Oh, my and God. I was 26 then. Wow. I mean, you know, people talk about the stars aligning and things happening at the right time. And that's incredible. Wowzers. Mm. Did you ever kind of, did you think that you would, you would go to TV then? Do you, do was that an option or were you just kind of seeing what was around, what was happening and where the, you know, where the auditions took you? Well, I wrote, I wrote three letters, right, from the cruise ship. I thought I've had enough on the ships now. I wrote to Amanda Thompson at the Horseshoe in Blackpool. I wrote off to a guy called Alan Jaynes for an audition in Buddy the Musical. And I wrote to Brookside. And Brookside landed and I thought, I'm willing to take a chance. They said, we're going to offer you two episodes. And I didn't know they planned to bring me in on quite a big storyline about drug smuggling. I said, what was I, a gun-toting drug dealing lesbian, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And they they brought me into Brookside. And... For me, it was not only the excitement of being in my favourite telly show. Yeah. It was the thought of being home in Liverpool and going to the same place every day to work and not having to travel and being with my mum and, you know, and and, and I'd not done any acting before. So I kind of learnt on the job. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Were you not terrified? Were you, like, were you frightened going in? Yeah. Or did you Because you had experience from, I mean, after you've done pubs and clubs, I mean, I think you can handle anything. But, not I mean, that's really. completely different, different discipline, isn't it? I took calms. Have you heard of calms? Yes. <laughs> I remember going in and my bag was rattling with a jar of calms and I was popping the calms. 
And I was terrified. And I was working with Sue Jenkins and Dean Sullivan, who were great actors. And I, I just watched and learned and kept my head down and, you know, learned, learned on the job, yeah. Wow. Do you think it has... I mean, have the ships changed much? Because you change, you work on the ships, or you we were pre, uh, previous to, uh, mm. to lockdown. Were you, have they changed a lot? Do you, do you get treated so differently? I mean, do you? Well, not necessarily that. I mean, when I went on, it was a free for all. It was it was brilliant, right? You used to be able to go out on decks, and all the officers had come out, and there'd be parties, and you're allowed to. To be honest, I, I was teetotal when I was on the ships. Wow. I was teetotal and the virgin for the first two years. <laughs> so I, I kind of, it was, you know, it, it was, it was just party time. It was great. And now the rules are so strict. Um, no, they're not allowed to have more than three officers gathering at the bar and things are different now. You know, I'm glad I did it when I did it. And, um, yeah, it, it's very different. You know, I do my cabaret. Have you done the limelight lounge? Not, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not oh, yet. Lovely. You'd love it. It's lovely. And I really, I still love cruising. I love it. And it's nice to see some of the people on there who I worked with all those years ago. Really? Are they still on there? Yeah. Yeah, they're on and now they're the bosses on the ship and it's great. Well, that's nice. That's kind of, It's kind of like that theatrical family, isn't it? The people you work with in shows, you do see over the years and it is lovely to see. Yeah. People well, suddenly, you know, people you work for 15 years ago, you're auditioning for them now, aren't you? <gasps> that, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes. I, I find that the, the most bizarre thing and it yeah. happened to me not that long ago and I, I was... Um, one of the young lads was was like an ensemble boy, you know, doing yeah. lots of things like around me when I was doing a show. And then suddenly he's on the panel, and I'm and I was auditioning for him. I was like, oh, this is so strange. That's, That's why it's always important to be nice to people, isn't it? You never know who you're going to meet on the way up and on the way down. It's just nice to be, be nice. nice. Got to be nice, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you think? having like the telly and suddenly you launching into being this kind of household name do you think that changed things for you do you think it it helped you I don't know choose different jobs or or open doors for for theater it helped me get jobs that I wouldn't have been considered for before I'm very realistic and aware of that you know, I did the very first Celebrity Big Brother in 2001. I thought I had that. Um, I had that. I got, yeah. Oh, my God. How was that? And, well, it was amazing. I mean, it was for comic relief. And at the time, there, there'd be no jungle, no ice dancing, no Strictly. There was nothing like that. So it was uncharted territory, and no one knew how it could help or hinder your career. Yeah. So I went in for it, and I went in because Mel B had dropped out. And I'd bumped in, I'd met um, Richard Curtis at, at an awards ceremony and he remembered me and brought me in. And um, I did it and it just literally propelled my career. Now, before I'd gone in, I'd auditioned for um, Chicago. I remember Denise was in before me. I auditioned for Chicago and no one really knew who was. If you didn't watch Brookside, they didn't have a clue. Then after this, I came out and I got offered Chicago, got off of my own Saturday night TV show. And I was aware this job pushed me to the front of the queue, you know, and I'm realistic about it. Um, you know, it's thought, good, though, because you were, then, very... you were then ready, you know. you It wasn't like somebody that, you know, has launched into our into our television sets and we suddenly know who's Yeah, on. You then were ready to do all of that stuff because you'd done it, you'd, you'd done it all previously. So it was... I was 30, yeah. I kind of would have looked to have done Chicago again later on a bit older and a bit wiser with a bit more knowledge 
an experience yeah so where where does your heart lie I mean do you is it tv is it theater do you like the variety where does it what's your what's your favorite theater I just love theater yeah I love it I literally love it yeah I've um since I was a kid you know and I love doing my cabaret as well I love singing um funny enough I never got the same buzz from doing television and straight acting as I did from performing. Then I did Benidorm two years ago, two or three years ago. And I, I got that buzz that I get up doing theatre, actually. I seemed to get that buzz doing it. It was lighter hearted. I think in Brookside, I was always getting abused and I was getting beaten up and everything, you know, so it was yeah. a, different, a different vibe, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, I love theatre. I love it. What do you think Benidorm was different then, just because it was that holiday vibe? It was just I happier... Think- it was just more yeah it was more fun it was it was real good fun you did um you did educated Rita didn't you yeah oh my goodness talk to me about that because I the first play that I did I mean obviously you've done you've done telly and very different discipline and you've done musicals and then I the first play I did which was not that long ago um I did the importance of being earnest and it, and I was really excited about it wanted to do a play for ages but then what freaked me out the most was walking on to the sound of my own footsteps. And it sounds the most bizarre thing, but in a musical, you'd never hear... How funny you say that. ...your own footsteps. And it, was, it felt like there's nothing happening. It was really strange. I had the same buzz that I was in a theatre, which was great and exciting. And I loved... I was obviously yeah. Gwen Taylor and these yeah. amazing actors. And I yeah, loved the kind yeah. of grandeur of it. But it freaked me out not having any music. Because it's comfort, that music. Do you know, Kerry, you're the first person who's ever said that. I remember waiting to go on. I was doing Educating Research at the Chocolate Factory, and I'd just finished Legally Blonde, which was so wonderful and so uplifting. And standing in the wings, the Rita's entrance is she can't open his, the study door, and I'm trying to get And I walk on, and the silence. And I remember that silence before I made my entrance. And it, you know, I thought... Oh my God, I missed an overture. It was wonderful to do. I felt I'd accomplished something. I loved it. But you can't beat an overture before you come on. You can't. It gets you giddy, doesn't it? It gets you, it kind of gets yeah. blood racing. Yeah. Oh, I love that show though. I mean, I remember doing a drama piece from Educated Readers as a as an exam and I just I just loved it mind you I was pretty daunted by it because it's a lot isn't it I mean it's a lot well the hardest one was the 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 last show I did before lockdown was Shirley Valentine of course you did now that was that was the hardest thing I've ever done Kerry it was a 50 page monologue oh my goodness and it's the first time I've ever wanted to walk from a show and I was literally I just thought I can't learn it how do you learn 50 pages and you're just on all the time? And it, it just, it, 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 it was terrifying. I nearly had a breakdown when I was doing it. And then once I got it, I was like, I'd still practice. I'd still panic every night and I'd still go on stage just before the show and try and do a little speed run because I never thought I'd remember it. But uh, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Tell me on a Sunday it was easier. I find songs easier to learn yeah, than words. Yeah, they stay with you. They are, yeah. they are, they are easier. Yeah. yeah, but when it's just straight dialogue, the only thing that helped me was people said the movements will help you. Yeah, when you go to the oven, you'll know what you're going to say. But I had to fry, fry egg and chips while I was doing it. 
in Act One. Oh, God. So, so not only have I never peeled a potato in my life, I had to peel a potato, <laughs> cut <laughs> it, make <laughs> chips, fry it, fry an egg, right? And on the opening night, Kerry, I've got this adrenaline rushing through. And they went to me, now, is this knife? I said, I want a really sharp knife so it just slices through the potato and I don't even have to think about it. So I come on and I'm doing it and I'm fine. And I'm I'm talking about my friend being a feminist <laughs> and I'm chopping away, chopping away. And I slice through my hand down to the bone on the opening night. Oh and I looked down and the potato was red. Oh, my God. And I looked, and I carried on. Then I looked, and I could see the bone in my hand. Oh! So I carry on, and I get up, and I get a tea cloth, and I wrap it around my hand, and I carry on talking, just talking. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not thinking about the lines then. The, the, there's no nerves. I'm, the lines are just pouring out. And I'm looking at, looking at my hand, da, 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 da. and in the end, I stop. But because I'm a scouser, Shirley Valentine's a scouser, I said to the audience, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to stop. I said, this is serious. And I held my hand up and the, the table, the dishcloth was red. I said, this is serious. I said, I said, I think I've got to get it seen to. It's quite bad. But they thought it was Shirley Valentine still talking. Oh so they're all God. like laughing. They're laughing. And then someone threw a plaster on stage to me. And they literally had to pull the curtain down. And I said, I'm going to carry on. They, they bandaged me up and then I carried on with the show. I went to hospital, got it sewn up, but I've... I've Still got no feeling in my little finger. Oh, my I God. I severed some nerves. Thankfully, I can still move it, but I've got no feeling there still. Oh, my God. And it's just you, isn't oh. it, that show? I mean, you've got no... It's, oh, there's no one else. Yes. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide. How did you there's learn it? To hide. Oh, God. It was horrendous. <laughs> I, I mean, I that gives me palpitations thinking about it. <laughs> I know. I started trying to learn it in... I was starting rehearsals in, in February, January, February, the end of January, February, and I started in August, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I wanted to go in off book. People who'd done it said to me, you need to be off the book before you go in, and I couldn't do it. And even half, I remember doing like the dress, re- you know when you do the run in the studio before you go to the theatre? Yeah. Still didn't know it. Still didn't know it. Then eventually it just fell into place. Oh, God, my heart goes when I think about oh it. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. That's, what a triumph, though, and, and how brilliant yeah. you, you did it. And, and you, you know, I, I, did, I wrote to William, uh, Russell and I said to him, I sent him a text and I said to him, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever done. I said, but it's wonderful. And his answer to me was, uh, I hear it's a mountain to climb, but the views are very good when you reach the top. What a brilliant, what a brilliant way Isn't to that brilliant? wonderful? So we'll be right back with Claire in just a moment. But if you are enjoying the episode, please hit subscribe and listen to all the other chats we've had. We have a whole season one to listen to with some amazing guests. And if you've missed it so far, we have lovely Sally and Sheridan and uh, yeah, lots more. So please click hit subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. So write us a review because I love hearing your messages. It's so great. And also if you want to check out our Keep Come and Carry On pins, then go over to my website, www.kerryellis.com. You might find a bit of music there too, which might keep you entertained over this lockdown. But on with the show. Well done. Have you had a favourite? I mean, it's really hard. And when people ask me it, I go, have you had a favourite moment in a show or a favourite show role to play? Yes, snogging Patrick Swayze every night. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
snogging him every night in guys and dolls and then one night chucking the tongue in I couldn't resist at all. Oh, I for, love all that. for all those 80s chicks you know <laughs> oh I bet that I loved that show I saw it and I just oh, oh. sorry so I was doing guys and dolls opposite Patrick Swayze and he was wonderful. Then Don Johnson, do you remember Miami Vice? Yes, yes. He came, he came along and he took over Patrick. Now, I'm the biggest Barbara Streisand fan in the world, right? And I know Don had had a long affair with Barbara. And they did the song, Till I Loved You Together. I'd heard he broke a heart, right? So we had to do this kissing scene. So on the last night, I chucked the tongue in. <laughs> we come off stage and he went to me, hey, whoa. Woohoo! What was that about? I said, Don, that is the closest. Was it Don? That wasn't about you. That was the closest I'll ever get to Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I love that. So totally love burst as bubble. Oh, I have you ever seen her? Have you ever seen her in concert? Yeah, oh, yeah. Gosh. I went to Madison Square Garden to see her on my own in the in the nineties, about ninety eight. I went on my own to Madison. I couldn't afford to get my mum a ticket. Mum stood outside, God love her. And I went in and sat and watched it. And I remember sitting next to this guy from Blackpool with a plastic cup of carver and a punnet of strawberries. And, oh, it was bloody marvellous. Oh, I love those moments, though. They stay with you, don't they? I remember seeing yeah. uh, Wembley and... Uh, just blown away. I mean, just yeah. incredible. Another level. Um, talk to me about. Oh, talk to me about um, about sixty second makeover, sixty minute makeover. <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit obsessed. I love it. Oh, I do God. love it. And how did it come about? Do you enjoy doing it? Um, you know, it, you seem just so brilliantly comfortable and, and and excited by the stories. Well, I have I haven't done it since two thousand and five. You know. My God, is it that worse? They, st- they still keep showing repeats. Yeah, they show reruns. And thankfully, I had a great agent who renegotiated me a repeat fee. But um, Lovely. Yeah, so uh, here's I was doing. So it was kind of made up on the spot. I met this producer. She said, we've got this idea, 60-minute makeover. Let's do a trial run for it. And we kind of did it and made it up as we went along. And I said, people don't just care about paint and paper. They want to hear a backstory. Someone's got to deserve it. We need some tears, you know. Anyway, uh, I remember doing it. And then two or three years into it, I just ran out of things to say about red paint. <laughs> I, was, I, just, I, just, I just couldn't get excited over a feature wall anymore. I was done. And I've not done a musical since Chicago. And I went to my agent. I went, oh, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've had enough. And she said to me, darling, she said, I never quit a hit. She said, you can't walk away from a TV show. Anyway, Guys and Dolls got in touch and asked me to audition. And it was when Ewan McGregor and Jane Krakowski were in him. And I said, oh, my God, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do this, you know. And I auditioned for it. And I, I didn't get it. Sally Ann Triplett got it. Oh. And she was to do it opposite Neil Morrissey. And talk about, you know, what we were talking about before with the letter to Brookside and believing in fate. I didn't get it. I was devastated. Six months later, they got in touch and they said, we want you to do it now, but with Patrick Swayze. And my agent tried to talk me out of it. And I said to her, Jan, I said, if you had to choose between a paintbrush and Patrick Swayze, what would you choose? <laughs> <laughs> so I gave up 60-minute makeover to do But I love it. I did 60-minute makeover for three years. And, 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 
and I did enjoy it. I loved yeah. it. But, but you've done it. You've done it. The, I've done it, and nothing beats the buzz of theatre, you know. And with Patrick Swayze, I mean, how could you not? Yeah, and guys and dolls to play Miss Adelaide, oh. and you know, I was working with Jamie Lloyd, and you know, it was just it was a cracking show. It was wonderful. So good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so lovely. Um, I have to talk to you about Strictly because one, <laughs> I love it, and and. Two, I, you know, did you get a tough time because people thought that you were already trained? You know, people get really funny, don't they, when they think, oh, well, they've trained, they, they know they're going to win. Yeah. They kind of don't understand that ballroom is so dramatically different to doing it's a step so change in a show. It's so different. But how well, did you find it all? Was it? Well, I seem to be a guinea pig for these reality shows, right? So I did the very first Big Brother. And then I did the very first Strictly. Oh, I didn't realise you were on the first. Yeah. Natasha Kaplinsky then, with Brendan Cole won it, the newsreader. And it was before it was the juggernaut and the monster it is now. So it was it was the very first series and it was a bit more gentle. And and people were, she's a dancer and everything. And and But I just loved it. But, you know, I, if, I, if I was to do it now, I mean, the time they put into rehearsals and the standard now, I was filming all day doing Strictly turning up doing an hour rehearsal a night two hours tops and then doing the show for Saturday wow God, it's not like that now is it not like that now no it's so different and it was all very gentle and easy and the first series it wasn't the big hit it is now so I I enjoyed it I enjoyed it yeah would you would you go and do any of the others would you go in the jungle or or are you a bit done now? <laughs> oh, I mean, I love watching the jungle. I love the jungle. Oh, oh my God, I love I, it. I do. I, I, it would freak me out, like <laughs> eating an eyeball or eating a, you know, a cow's whatever. It, it, it would terrify me doing that. I'd jump out of a plane. You'd be so good on it. Oh, I, I wouldn't be frightened jumping out the plane or doing any of the daredevil stunts. Yeah. But uh, do eating anything will freak me out. Oh, the maggots and the witchery groups <laughs> and all that. Oh, but I, I love it. The toughest bit for me, I think, would be, and the same for you, I'm sure, being away from my boys, you know, not having that contact <sighs> for three weeks because you're the same. I mean, you're inseparable. And I, oh. just to not be able to speak to them because there's one so thing have being you, have on you, tour. Have you got closer? You know, during lockdown, yeah. I found Jackson has got a lot more clingy with me. Yeah. Um, he, he just won't let me out of his sight now since lockdown. Before he was used to me having to go away and work or go for a That's meeting. And, yeah. and now he's like, if I go out, if I'm going out for lunch with my friend or whatever, he'll say, where are you going? Is it a meeting? I'll say, um, yeah. you go, can't you Zoom it? And he's five, you know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how quickly they get used to the situation. Is it Mine are the same. Suddenly I'm not going anywhere. So they're quite happy to, to, for us all to be here. And it's been lovely. But I, yeah. I did something at the Coliseum um, on, on Wednesday. And how did that go? London. Did it go well? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing yeah. and weird. You know, it was amazing to be in a theatre again. And I just to walk in and be in a dressing room. These things that we take advantage of, you know. And we, yeah. we just go... Oh, I'm in a lovely dressing room. That's great. But to walk in a dressing room and go, oh, you know, there's a, oh, it's just lovely. And the lights are on. And then to walk on the stage and see oh. those red seats was magical. But that said, you know, we did the show and that was lovely. Did a lovely to sing with musicians and sound. Have you been keeping your voice warm during lockdown? Have you been doing scales and practicing? Not scales as such, but I, but I think just from little videos online and a bit of live yeah. stream here and there, it's, it's actually been quite quite good 
Um, yeah. But to be in a theatre with no people was really strange. To suddenly was that do like, show, do, like when you do a dress run, yeah. It was exactly like a, it was like a mm. tech where you mm. you're full out. And then, like, when you finish, there's just silence. Oh, silence? That is so weird. Thing. It, was, it, was, it was bizarre, but brilliant. You know, it felt like a step in the right direction. But then yeah. being in London makes me sad at the moment because I it, I walked past the Palladium and I was like, it's just boarded up and this makes me sad. You know, it's... Have you seen empty um, buildings. outside of Les Mis, um, there's all Cameron shows and then it's like Mary Poppins and everything that says, we'll be back. Yeah. And it literally brought a tear to my eye when I saw it. It's so strange, isn't it? And that just that hustle and bustle that's not in London. You go in and there's there's nothing. It's it's and that's our lives, you know, it's what we do. And I think it's, it's sad that yeah. there's people perhaps looking for a change of direction. And that makes me sad that people have spent so many years training for what they what they do and what their career, and then suddenly it, it's perhaps being forced on them to take a change of direction. Do you I mean what do you, what are your thoughts on theatre coming back? Do you, what I mean, we know nobody knows, but mm. what do you think is going to happen? I think, I think um, I was convinced that things would be backing up and running before Christmas, November. I was thinking, oh, I'll be on a cruise October, though. I might do Panto, whatever. And that's not happened. And when they're talking about a second wave, I'm like, when is this going to end? And I think what we've got to do now is realise it's not going anywhere. And we've got to live alongside it and try and move forward somehow. Um, and I don't know how we're going to do it. You know, I know Lloyd Webber. Lloyd Webber's been wonderful, hasn't he? Mm, he, he did has the actually, thing yeah. at the Palladium. He's really yeah. stood up, hasn't he? He's been wonderful. Um, and, you know, one of my best mates, Jamie's a producer. Yes. And he's just put everything on hold till next year, Sister Act and stuff. And, I mean, who knows? It's just so precarious, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, no, one, no one's got the answers. I don't even think the government have got the answers because we're just dealing with, you know, uncharted territory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's it's a crazy time. I hope I hope we find our way back soon, you know, in some capacity. Because I think people we need seem the escapism. To be like the last, don't we? We do, we do, and I think people need it. I think it's very much underestimated how people need that escapism. They need mm. to be taken somewhere else for, you know, and that that, that interaction with other people. It's it's. People need it. So I hope we get back soon. So have you been doing much radio? Because you've been doing a, a programme for Magic, haven't you? Don't you do a, a Yeah, I, I finished that a while ago. I mean, that, I've literally done nothing since lockdown. <laughs> and part of me has enjoyed it. I feel like, mm. you know, I've hung my fishnets up. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I'm a mum and I've got a bit yes. fat and I've got a bit lazy. Oh, sure, sure. I've been seeing you do. You do, um, what's yeah. the, you do the Gypsy Kings, don't you? The not... Um, didn't you do I a, was doing it. I, I was saw you doing that. At the beginning oh, of lockdown, I was training every day. I was I was I was training every day with the, the Gypsy King, you know, and his wife, Paris Fury and Tyson Fury. Then I was doing Mark Wright. I was running, oh, yeah, I was doing was yoga. And then it all kind of stopped and I've stuck a stone on and I'm like, oh my God. I've got, but now I'm in Mallorca. Um I'm going to get back into the training and try and get my mind focused again and start exercising. And I, did, I just didn't think I'd need my bikini body this year. And I didn't realise it's a psychological thing as well, isn't it? When, you, you know, you look good, you feel good. But, you know, I've got, I've got a bit fat and it's I have hard, to say, I, I've enjoyed every pound yeah. of it I've put on, you know, it's, it's been, been lovely. lovely. 
when we work though you're so you know you're running around you're really active <laughs> that it takes care of itself you don't we don't really have to think about it but suddenly oh, there's no I've always, not, I've always had to it. think about <laughs> it I've always had to battle with my weight and watch myself because I love food yeah, I'm not a big drinker you know and my pleasure is food mm. oh are you, are you missing so what about hot yoga oh when will I've, that come back oh. I mean are you I miss it I'm missing so my much. hot yoga so I'm, much. Yeah, I am. I'm missing, yeah, those kind of physical things that, you, you, you know, you do to maintain yourself while you're, yeah. you know, doing a show. Will be, will be you see, that's going to be one of the last as well because the gyms have opened. I put myself in a Barry's boot camp the other day. It was horrendous. And then, <laughs> um, but my, my, well, my um, hot yoga next door was all closed up and that's going to be ages to come yeah, back, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? It makes me sad that I can't really think about it too much. I've done a bit of yoga through lockdown, but not enough. Um, how do you balance it with, you know, with being a mum and uh, and taking... You take Jackson everywhere, don't you? I mean, you just he just comes with you. Obviously, <laughs> now he's going into school. That's It's tricky. How do you get round it? Well, I, I decided, I said, my poor boy, I mean, I, I went back to work too soon. I did panto when he was six weeks old and said, my poor boy, he's getting breastfed by me, dressed as a genie, God love him. <laughs> you know, poor kid. And he's grown up on tour. He's grown up in theatres. And I'm a single mum. So I've not had the benefit Brilliant of... Brilliant single mum. You're fantastic. Leave him. Oh, thank you. I've not had the benefit of being able to leave him at home with his dad or anything. I do have help with him. I have a wonderful lady who helps me. Um, and then I did Crazy For You two years ago. It was two or three years ago now. And I decided after that, I thought, I'm going to have to stop touring now. It's like you made a choice as well. Um, and, I'm, and I started finding more work on cruise ships and doing more cabaret. Um, so I was doing one-nighters or I'd go on a cruise just for four days. Um, and he started school and I had to try and adapt. I, I thought I'd never work again. I was like, oh, my God, this has been my livelihood for 10 years touring. Yeah. And I panicked and then it suddenly adapted. Um, and now literally everything stopped. But, you know, once I got around the fact that work's not happening I'm not earning money you've just got to deal with what we're dealing with at the moment and just enjoy your time with it my boy once I'd accepted it I started enjoying it and it was easier yeah absolutely absolutely oh yeah I'm the same it's been it's been wonderful to have dinner together at night you know we, I think mm. we'd never get dinner together as a family and that's been that's been really I not- think it's great what you've done with these podcasts though I mean I've loved the series Thanks. and good on you for doing something creative and you know taking charge I think it's fabulous oh thank you well it's lovely to have you on I'm mean, just a couple more things before I let you go and enjoy the sunshine um I ask everybody their kind of highest point of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, is there one one moment that stands out for you that's special? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apart from Patrick, tongue down Patrick's throat. Yeah. Okay, so when I was in Brookside, I, I also, I'm a gay man in a woman's body. I love Liza Minnelli. And I, went, I, I flew to New York to see Liza Minnelli in Victor Victoria, right? And at the time, there was a big scandal. Her co-star was refusing to work with her because there was problems and da 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 da. And I, do you remember disposable cameras? Yes, I do. cameras. So I get off the plane. I go and see Victor Victoria, and I go to the stage door, and it's like minus ten in New York, right? It's freezing, and I'm at the stage door with my mum, and I said, "Mum, now when she comes out, 
I'm going to put my face next to hers <laughs> and you've got to take a photo quick, right? Get it quick. My mum's freezing cold. She's shaking with the cold, God love her. We've been there for like an hour. I was like a serious, scary stalker. Liza comes out and I shove my face next to hers <laughs> and I've got this photograph of Liza looking at me stunned there's a hand <laughs> on my cheek pushing my face out the picture of her bodyguard pushing me out and she's looking at me stunned and the photo's kind of sideways where my mum's shaking right i love it i go home i do celebrity big brother <laughs> i do chicago and liza Manelli comes to visit me in my dressing room after the show oh my god <laughs> And it's like six months later. Oh my and god! And she came to see me in the show, and I was like, um. And then she invited me to a birthday party at the Dorchester, where I was sat with Jane Russell, Elizabeth Taylor, Lee Zimmerman, and I was like, how life can turn oh on a penny. I've got the photo of six months before, like my hard <laughs> face getting pushed out the camera. And I love so that. So that for me, it's not a high, it was kind of a highlight on stage, but it was just a moment in my career where I went, life is full of ups and downs. I love that. I love that. Well, you mentioned <laughs> downs. What's I, Do you have a moment that was tough, that was awful? That Do you have a, a low a low? Yeah, moment? yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackson had just been born. I was like three stone overweight. My confidence was in my boots. I was trying to keep all the balls up in the air, earn money, be a mum, work. And I was breastfeeding in my dressing room and someone quite important came into my dressing room and said to me, mm, not quite as sharp as you used to be, are you? Oh, my God. And my confidence was in my boots and it destroyed me. Oh, my gosh. And I, I just thought it was a wicked thing to say, Yeah. you know? I wasn't. I was trying to keep my game face on. I was trying to do my job. I was trying to yeah. be mum, dad. I was trying to be everything Yeah. And, and perform. And the person said that and I just thought, hmm. Wow, which is such a vulnerable so, moment anyway, isn't it? You're saying yeah. such, a, such a tough time, all of that. Not quite, yeah. All of that is so yeah. difficult. And to be trying yeah. to do a, a career as well, I mean, that's unbelievable. And, um, did it? Really? And, um, and, um, so that for me was just a moment that I, wow. I look back and I think, shame on you, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, mm. my goodness. So coming out, hopefully, of lockdown at some point is there stuff in the pipe is there stuff happening for you of course there's stuff happening next year but no there's not year. I've got nothing yeah <laughs> honest to god there's something that I've, I've, I might um something might happen but everything is might at the moment yeah, my diary is, was literally wiped out and I've heard you saying to other people oh has things been postponed for you no none of my work has been postponed I don't know when my next job is but this is the nature of our job. You don't come into show business to be secure. And this is the nature of our job and something will come about. But, you know, everyone's scrabbling for work at the moment, aren't they? And, you know, people have got the choice of people they, they we wouldn't consider jobs before now because everyone wants a job. So let's see what the new year brings. Yeah, new year, new start, yeah. hopefully. 
Now, I can't let Claire go without asking her my final question that I ask all my special guests. If you were to look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? It's what I've learned during lockdown, and I don't know if you can do this or if maybe maybe other people are capable of it, but I wasn't to live in the moment to enjoy each moment, to stop and smell the coffee. You know, when you've got that wonderful show and you're thinking, what's next? Mm. Or you're looking over your shoulder, what's next? Well, where am I going next? To stop and enjoy every moment and live it and breathe it and just enjoy it. Because, you know, you never know what's next. Absolutely. Oh, that's perfect. Claire, it's been such a joy to have a chat with you. I'm sorry it's taken my Zoom to, to actually give you a call. I should have done it beforehand, but it's been so oh, lovely. Well, love to you and the family. Yeah, thanks for coming family. on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And go and enjoy the sun. I'm very jealous. <laughs> I will. I will. Well, that's it for another week. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you to the lovely Claire Sweeney. What a joy it was to chat to her. And also my lovely producer, Martin, for doing yet another brilliant job. And of course, for you, the listeners, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I hope you're enjoying the season as much as I am. I'm just loving talking to all these amazing people and I hope you guys are enjoying it too. Send in lots of love and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.